0: the Belt and Road Podcast, brought to you by the Belt and Road Advisory, your professional advisors on all matters concerning the Belt and Road Initiative. Voices of the Belt and Road is our flagship podcast, and with each episode, we'll hear the personal stories of people who are part of the Belt and Road Initiative. The aim of this podcast is to demystify the initiative by interviewing a broad array of people whose lives are impacted day in and day out by the world's largest cross-border trade initiative and infrastructure build On this podcast, in addition to university researchers, think tank experts, and policymakers, you can also hear from business people, workers, and countless others involved in the Belt and Road. You'll hear people tell their own personal stories in their own languages, because at the end of the day, the Belt and Road Initiative is changing people's lives, and we want you to hear it from them. Please enjoy this week's podcast, and thanks for tuning in.
1: Hello and welcome to the Voices of the Belt and Road podcast. I'm your host, Greg Stets. Today we return to the topic of innovation and entrepreneurship. Our guest is Francesco Lorenzini, one of the founders of TechSylou, a company that connects Chinese and Italian startup ecosystems. Francesco, it's a pleasure to have you on the show.
2: Thank you for having me on the show. It's a pleasure and an honor to be here.
1: Can you tell us a bit about your background? Uh, how did you end up running a business here?
2: I arrived in China seven years ago, in the summer of 2012, as an engineering student at Tsinghua University. There, I did my engineering master's degree, during which, I started a startup that was then accelerated by X Lab, the official accelerator of Tsinghua University. That is how I came in contact with China's tech world, which I immersed in an attempt to understand it. In 2015, I had the chance to meet an Italian serial entrepreneur, Francesco Rossi, and together we created TechSirlu. The two of us have very different experiences. On my side, I created a company here in China, failed, and learned from this. In the process, I understood the potential of the Chinese market and I started to select independently specific projects from Italy that I could help to enter the Chinese market. Francesco instead brought entrepreneurial experience acquired from his time in Italy. He also had a strong relationship with China. As we started to work together, we decided to join forces and establish Taxerlu with a goal of impacting the Italian startup ecosystem in two ways. First, we catalyze Chinese investments into early-stage startups in Italy. We've been doing this since 2016, bringing about 3 million euros to Italy. It is a fairly small figure compared to a market such as the U.S. or China. But you have to look at it from a perspective of the Italian market, where venture financing last year made about 150 million euros. That is why we are quite happy with the result that we've achieved over these two years. It has had an impact on the Italian economy. Our second mission is focused on Italian startups that are a bit more grown-up and have a capacity to expand to other markets. We help them to define their strategy of market entry into China and to scale up in the huge Chinese market.
1: What makes Chinese startup ecosystem unique, and how does it compare to startup ecosystems in other parts of the world?
2: I've been a participant in the Chinese startup ecosystem for the last six years. During that time, I have seen it grow exponentially, and it has been playing an increasingly important role worldwide. The U.S. is increasingly aware of China's capacity to innovate, and China is increasingly recognized as the only genuine competitive threat to Silicon Valley. The Chinese startup ecosystem certainly has many unique qualities. Now, it is well known that China has a large amount of venture capital, that there is a huge market and that the government plays an active role. In my opinion, the fundamental characteristic that differentiates the Chinese startup ecosystem from its counterparts is the vision and the role that the government has. It is the government that defines a broad strategy. It defines what are the key industries and what is the way to become competitive globally within those industries. An example is the government's interest in AI. The tech sector pays close attention to government's guidelines and tries to align development strategy with government's goals. And this is something that really characterizes the Chinese market. As a result, the trends are in a certain way predictable and do not necessarily follow market logic, but follow the objectives of the government. You also have to consider the role of Chinese tech giants such as BAT, Baidu, Alibaba and Tencent that are pushing the frontiers of China's digitalization, combined with an impressive adaptability of the Chinese population, which is quick to embrace. Also in rural areas, such innovations like cashless payments e-commerce or innovative education methods. Another issue that has been highlighted in several studies and reports is that the Chinese startup ecosystem is not connected with the rest of the world as closely as Silicon Valley, Berlin or London. This is a limitation, which has been recognized in China, and China has been working on it. Before China only tried to attract foreign technology, Now it is starting to attract foreign talent. There is certainly a lot going on, and there is still a lot to be done.
1: And what are the biggest opportunities for entrepreneurs from abroad, from Belt and Road countries here in China? Can you share some specific examples of sexist stories?
2: My eyes are on Italy and Southern Europe. So Switzerland, Greece, Spain, Portugal. All these countries struggle with two problems. First, access to capital. Despite being among the top eight economics in the world, Italy has a very limited venture financing. Therefore, there is a reason to look not only towards America or London, but also to look to the east. The second difficulty is to scale up your business. Recent studies highlight a particular problem of Europe, preventing it from emerging as a global tech leader. We focus on small markets. Say we start a company in Italy, then when we think about internationalization, we think about entering Germany, Spain or other neighboring countries, but it is difficult to become a global leader. There are such examples like Zalando, or large German companies based in Berlin that still struggle to truly go global, so considering the limits that we have, especially in southern Europe. The Chinese market is a very good alternative. I can give you several successful cases. But first, let me emphasize that China offers many opportunities, but also confronts you with many difficulties. Connecting and integrating with the local economy is not always easy, and you have to be ready both on an economic and personal level that and have a strong will to succeed. So judging from our experience, the key is bringing together strategic and commercial. For example, D-Orbit, a company that focuses on aerospace services, is applicable in China with both the government and private companies in the same sector. They signed contracts both at a strategic and commercial level, with the aim of entering the market and quickly expanding to its size. Having a strong relationship with China, such companies can then expand in cooperation with their Chinese partner, for instance, into the African market. Apart from DeOrbit, there are others. Petius, for example, which is a digital company supporting deaf people, is developing rapidly in Hong Kong. Safarian, another aerospace company that makes semiconductors, is going very fast on the Chinese market and closing commercial contracts with SOEs. So the goal is to secure an industrial stakeholder and following it, set up a branch of your business in China with the support of a Chinese partner, with an objective to scale up whilst keeping the traction in the HQ and leverage on the channels dynamics, and opportunities of the destination market.
1: So your company focuses on connecting China with Italy. What are the biggest challenges of working in between, of uh, acting as uh, the connector between the two?
2: Within this process, more than defining ourselves as connectors, we call ourselves adapters. Connecting is not enough in China which is still developing its connections with the rest of the world, you need to not only connect, but to also adapt on many different fronts. Be it an issue of cultural, size or expectations adaption, there is more to work on than when Italian companies are going to the US or London. And only if you connect and adapt will you have a good result within China.
1: From your experience, when it comes to companies that are working, In between China and another country? What are the biggest challenges? How would you extrapolate from your experience? Certainly. The
2: difficulties are related to the problem, which we already discussed before. The importance of being not only a connector, but also an adapter. So there are all those little elements to be taken into account, like language, culture, management style, how to think about business development and many others. For example, in Europe and in Italy, having access to capital is not that easy, so there is a tendency to build businesses with a certain dynamic, with a strong focus on cash flow. Here in China, on the contrary, we are experiencing a boom in funding opportunities. Consequently, Some Chinese entrepreneurs spend the capital and not achieve measurable results. There are multiple differences like that, and your ability to adapt decides the success or a failure. There are cases when the tech product is excellent, but the entrepreneur just can't understand how the business is carried out on the Chinese market, or vice versa. The Chinese partner does not have the capacity or the flexibility to work with a non-Chinese counterpart. So even if there is a matching of the technology and the potential of that technology in the two markets, you don't necessarily get a result. There is a lot of work to be done, but in my opinion, there is still no clear recipe. So learn more ahead of time, connect and adapt. This is the most efficient way.
1: If I'm an entrepreneur running an SME or a startup, listening to you right now and thinking I want to tap into Belt and Road, into China opportunity or Europe opportunity for Chinese listeners, what institutions on the Chinese and European side can offer me some support? Um, How do I start?
2: If we talk about institutions, there are certainly many, especially from the Chinese side. There is a whole ecosystem of organizations supported by the government to facilitate a connection between Chinese and foreign actors. And there are many. There is ITTN, the Technology Transfer Center. There is Zhongguan Sun, in a way supported by the state. There are also many fairs, seminars, events organized at a local level by various municipalities to attract and inform those interested in a specific section of the Chinese market. There is a very strong internal competition between different locations. Numerous industrial parks attract foreign companies, foreign tech, Foreign talents. A lot of information about those is available online, although that is, of course, only the start. At a European level, the situation is, in my view, a bit different. Europe has not yet given this kind of support priority, but there is the EU SME Center, which is a useful step, the Chambers of Commerce, then, surely, there are several private, local, international operators with their vertical experience and model. We often work with several of them.
1: What is the most common reason for European entrepreneurs to turn to China? What do they come looking for in China and do they find it?
2: Well, first and foremost, the European entrepreneur actually looks at China. Whereas before it was envisioned as a truly distant world, China is becoming less distant and More entrepreneurs decide to consider China as a destination for their business expansion. Of course, we actively scout for the companies that fit best for coming China. But there is also a passive component, where Italian entrepreneurs themselves actually seek the opportunities to learn more about how to enter China. The entrepreneurs themselves understand that China is now the main market for their technology, and they are willing to come here. They come mainly to find solutions to the problems of the European market, which we discussed before. And the Chinese market is a perfect testing ground for a technology. It is a market that accepts, acquires, and understands technologies much faster. But it is not easy to do business here. However, once you find the right balance and define a good strategy, there are opportunities and capital available here that are still missing in Southern Europe.
1: And that's it for today. Francesco, it was great to hear your insights on the entrepreneurship, innovation and startup scene here in China. Thank you so much for being with us.
2: Thanks, Greg. Ciao. Ciao.
0: this week's Voices of the Belt and Road podcast. If you want to learn more about the Belt and Road initiative, check out our website at Ventures. That's Belt and Road, one word, no spaces, and dot ventures, V-E-N-T-U-R-E-S. On the website, you can subscribe to our weekly Belt and Road Bulletin, and also follow our Belt and Road Advisory social media accounts on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Instagram. That way, you'll always be up to date on what is happening on the Belt and Road. Thanks for tuning in, and see you next week.